Folks, I want to welcome you all to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and we are broadcasting from the top of the Haven Building in Louisville, Kentucky. This is Forward Radio, 106.5 FM. Now, if you go to forwardradio.org, uh, we are live streaming now, and you will be able to listen to us anywhere in the city, anywhere in the state, anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. Again, this is On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and we're blessed and favored to have Tina Ward-Pugh here with us today. Say hello to the people, Tina. Hey, everybody out there. K.A., thanks so much for having me in today. So, folks, uh, 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 Tina has sort of a very long history uh, uh, in government. But before we get into that, I do want to... say that Forward Radio does not endorse any particular candidates or pieces of legislation, but we do endorse the need for an informed electorate. As such, we offer equal airtime to all registered candidates for any particular office, and you can get in touch with us at forwardradio.org. So, so Tina, uh, what brought you into public service because I, re- I remember you as um, uh, from the old board of aldermen you were legislative assistant to scotty green mm-hmm. so, but how did you get there well it's a great question ka um really like so many things in uh, public service and in politics and organizing you sometimes you just fall into it and you're at the right place at the right time so i was uh, a newly graduated uh, southern seminary uh, masters of social work student and i was uh, hired at the coalition for the homeless sue speed susie post um you know dolores delahanty Jeannie potter those uh, women who were very influential in my my life early on had me marching on Washington for fair housing in the 80s for women's uh, reproductive health and for um, uh, anti-apartheid movements and so you know Sue signed me up to be a member of the Jefferson County chapter of now and she signed me up to be a member of the Women's Political Caucus and she said you know we've got to get you active in the community Um, and so I started helping uh, behind-the-scenes elect women judges because I figured out uh, that while it was important to make legislation and to pass laws, it's got to be at least, if not more important, who interprets those laws. And so um, I was a young, budding, wide-eyed feminist, only woke for the first time in her 30s, and I decided we got to get women judges elected. And so I started doing that and helped elect folks like Janice Martin, Denise Clayton, Patty Walker Fitzgerald, um, you know, Ann Shake, uh, just some people who I think have made a tremendous difference and impact on our courts here locally fell into Melissa Mershon decided to run for sheriff and Scotty already had a network I wasn't going to run I thought he was the best candidate so I jumped in and helped elect him I think we won by 52 votes Um, and he said I want you to come work with me and be my LA and so that's how it all started back in 1993 when Scotty was elected and I came in as his legislative assistant 
So, uh, and then eventually, this is on the old board of aldermen. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I believe there were 12 of them for the entire city of Louisville. All Democrats, and, uh, as it happened. And then you had wards, and, uh, <coughs> uh, and your ward at that time was? First ward. First ward, okay. That's right, that's right. And then uh, the, Scotty decided to move on and? Yeah, um, he... Um, I thought um, trained me right. He helped me understand how government works, but he also taught taught me how to look at how government can serve the people. Um, and it, it not just, wasn't just a cliche. These are the people who pay their taxes and they voted for us and we're here. He meant, you know, government can be effective for people uh, if we communicate that to uh, citizens and if they're aware of opportunities, they will, they will take advantage and access that. And, um, you know, he... I think, you know, was a great mentor, but he decided to move on to Atlanta uh, and someone needed to fill out his remaining term. Um, There were eight of us who threw our hat in the ring and went before the uh, Board of Aldermen members to try and get the appointment to finish his term, which was only half a year, I believe, because he left in August of 95. Um, And so regretfully, um, you know, the Board of Aldermen chose, uh, didn't choose me, even though I was the only candidate who'd gone out and run a little campaign in four weeks. I'd gotten over a thousand signatures. I'd knocked on doors. I got letters of recommendation from all the neighborhood associations I'd been working with as Scotty's LA, including two Republicans who said, of course, Tina's the natural choice she's been doing this work and so I didn't get the appointment and so I spent two years running against the guy who did and we ousted him two years later and I was very grateful for that opportunity it was uh, listen I never thought I would run for office I'm a community person I'm an organizer I'm an advocate Um, but I recognized in that learning time with Scotty that you know there was much much good that government can do and I wanted to be a part of that so at that time, when you were on the old Board of Aldermen, that was 12 people for uh, the city of Louisville. This is before city-county merger. Mm-hmm. And so uh, quite a bit of responsibility with only uh, uh, yeah, at, at that time. So before city-county merger, of course, you still had the, the, the three county commissioners, uh, A, B, and C. So uh, for the quote-unquote, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess you'd call it uh, unincorporated areas in uh, mm-hmm. the uh, uh, so, uh, a different uh, Jefferson County uh, Police Department, a separate police department, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And, of course, fire mm-hmm. was and still is handled by a lot of uh, volunteer and quasi-volunteer, quasi-professional. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, in Jefferson County. So, uh, what were some of the big issues uh, when uh, you... Uh, uh, we're on first on the old board of aldermen. Um, it's a great question, and I have I have fond memories of those days. There, you know, we were two year terms at that time, and so I was fortunate to be elected for two two year terms before we merged government. And one of the, I mean, I just tell people straight up. I mean. I was elected, Bill Allison was elected, and George Unsell was elected that year because for 20 years, fairness in this community, folks on the fairness train had been knocking on doors, they'd been having conversations, they'd been recruiting people of faith, ministers, they were recruiting, they were educating uh, Board of Aldermen members, they were 
educating our community about the importance of of fairness and that we should not be discriminated against LGBTQ people um, on the basis of on the basis of um, um, housing, employment, and public accommodations. And so uh, it was a clear message. This community said, we want to be different. Um, there were others before us who tried their best to get it passed, but couldn't. And so as it turns out, we had folks that night uh, in January, who, including Steve Magre, who had been against it for the 20 years that they've been, Melissa Rashawn, Rhonda Richardson, and others mm-hmm. been trying to pass it, mm-hmm. um, he ended up voting for it that night. And it's just a, a testament to the work that Fairness and its people were doing in our community. Because you had people of faith calling other people who were people of faith, uh, Catholics and others, uh, to say, you know what, this is this is not a... You know, personal issue. This is a business issue. This is a, this is not a faith issue. This is a the you know we don't need to discriminate for people. Uh, everybody should count, and so that was huge for us. Um, the other thing I recall too is, and people don't think about this a lot, but we actually passed uh, a police civilian review board at the time um, because we worked and the community wasn't satisfied that. You know the 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 police uh, were being uh, accountable, and we we wanted them to be accountable. At least we wanted to know uh, uh, the statistics, the rate of you know uh, red flags and those kinds of things. And and so the you know it wasn't a, a large majority, but a majority of the board of aldermen at that time uh, said yes, we want a police civilian review board. Uh, and so. You know, but it don't, it's only as good as the executive branch who is over appointing people to the board, um, you know, ensuring that, you know, we have accountability mechanisms and marks in place to do that. Um, and so those are at least two of the top issues of the time during those four years. I, I will say, and I always have to give, I, I wasn't, uh, I was a legislative assistant under Mayor Abramson. Uh, my mayor was Dave Armstrong. He served and won and served those two two-year terms before merged government. And what I'll say, and I, I give him, you know, so much credit. Um, he he started a lot of the downtown redevelopment on the waterfront that you see, um, meaning uh, homes and lofts and apartments. But when I got elected in November, he and he got elected in November of 98, he, he called me and said, when you're ready to pass fairness, you just need to let me know because I'm ready to sign it. And that's the first time that had happened, I believe, uh, in the struggle for fairness. Um, and I also give him credit because kids were needing a place to skate, and so he put together an advisory group, and I was a part of that. We went up and looked at some of Tony Hawk's places he'd built up in the Northeast and got lots of good ideas. And by golly, before he left, we built 
he built, we built this uh, skate park. And, you know, while it's not perfect, uh, you know, it continues to evolve. And but he was paying attention. You know, we just were mad because skateboarders were tearing up our sidewalks and our granite curbs and stuff. Rightfully so. It's public money. But they didn't have a place to go. And he gave them his leadership, uh, helped, helped him move that along. And I, I always want to thank him for that. Yes, Dave. Uh, Davis uh, Armstrong has passed on. Uh, George Unseld has passed on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they certainly uh, will uh, long be uh, remembered. So absolutely. Yes. Uh, so uh, then, uh, uh, city county merger comes along, and that was on the ballot and very contentious. Something that uh, the business community, in particular, had wanted for for many, many years, and. Yeah. That, and it and had been defeated before, uh, twice before. And uh, 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 I guess the folks uh, in the little cities were told they'd be able to keep keep the little cities and uh, so on and so forth. And so, because we have uh, at least eighty or so little cities within Jefferson County, still. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so uh, it was. It's on the ballot. It passed. So you had uh, city county merger, and uh, so. So were you sort of grandfathered in for, for originally, or did you have to run? How did that work? Well, um, uh, great question. Um, because, um, no, I was not uh, grandfathered in at all, because we now were going to have 26 districts. Uh, and so... Everybody had to start fresh. That's right. Uh, and and as fortune would... <laughs> my good fortune would have it, um, somebody had to start out with a two-year term so that we all wouldn't be up for re-election at the same time. And then the other half of the of, of the 26 got a full four-year term their first, you know, their first uh, time out. And so I'm grateful that the odd-numbered districts got the first four years. Uh, the And so I didn't have to run for four years, whereas the even-numbered districts ran two years after being elected. And so that was a little uh, – would have been would have, would have been hard to do. And so primarily it was the former First Ward, the former – you know, all of the former wards as we were in the city of Louisville. It, it, but we took on a new path because – you know, people were living farther apart out in the county in the unincorporated areas. And so um, we all had to, you know, had to had to run fresh. And, you know, it was good, I thought, that people who hadn't necessarily been active in the community decided they wanted to they wanted to try their hand at it. And so I thought that was very good when people want to come out and run for office and and serve um, their community. And so again fortunate enough to win that first time out uh uh, in 2003 and so um and so then i was subsequently reelected two more times so i served 12 years or three four-year terms on the metro council um you know one of the things i i I like to talk talk about um you know merger happened and you know it didn't from my perspective it didn't matter what my position or what how i voted on it because because once it was passed, I, I became its biggest champion because it's what we have and we need to make it work. Um, but but prior to that, because there had been two failed votes uh, prior to that, um, you know, what I decided to do um, was to educate the community about 
about merged government and and and, and equip them with the information so they could decide for themselves. And so I printed up I printed up all of the uh, probably hundreds of pamphlets with the questions and answers that the League of Women Voters had put out. It was it it didn't take a position. It just responded to questions that were coming up over and over and over again. And so I handed those out by the hundreds so people could make their own decision. Um, the other thing I remind people is, is that, you know, the city, it was the it was I think the county went was 52, 48. I think the county voted 52 and the city voted um, 48. So we as a whole, really didn't go for it. And the primary reasons were we didn't want to refight those battles. We'd been fighting and gotten fair housing. We'd gotten traction on eviction prevention and homelessness. We'd gotten traction. We'd passed fairness. You know, we, we'd passed police civilian review. Um, and we didn't want to fight that again. And, of course, we had to again. And some of those things passed and some didn't. Um, and at the end of the day... It was really a merger of governments. It wasn't a merger of the county. It was a merger of city and county governments. But the best thing I think about it all was the people in those unincorporated areas, primarily outside the Waterson, they finally, for the first time, got a representative who only represented about 25,000 people and not 325,000 people. And that meant for the first time, people outside the Waterson actually had somebody who was focused on them and their area and their neighborhoods and could actually start pouring in some money and some infrastructure. So I, I thought it was a huge win, especially for those people outside the Waterson. So as I recall, uh, when the two police departments merged, uh, uh, was it about 600 city and 400 county police officers or something like that? Something like that. And uh, somebody got a raise just to equalize it out because Bill Allison worked on that. Which That's one? exactly who, right. Who got, who got the raise? Uh, you know, I can't remember, but I I suspect it was the county. I may be wrong about that. Yeah. Um, whichever so it, it was fair, right? He, yeah. he, he, he worked on that. Right. And so somebody got a raise. And <laughs> yeah, then, uh, right. Uh, and then, uh, well, Abramson did bring in some great people. He did bring in uh, Chief uh, Robert White, uh, yes. and he brought in Dr. Odwally Troutman, who, yep. who just passed on. Absolutely. So he did bring in, like, some all-stars. Yep, uh, you bet. Who just happened to be African-American. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, oh, it's uh, we're 18 minutes in, so... Bring us up to date. Okay. <laughs> what well, are you working on now, Tina? Well, you know, um, I, I when I left uh, Metro Council, I uh, decided not to seek re-election in 2014. It, you know, I had put in 16 years. I thought it really was time for somebody else because, you know, we don't need people staying in office forever. And, um, and I thought it was time. And for a couple of reasons, one, um, I wanted to be able to go work for Secretary Clinton's bid for president in 2016 full time. And so what that meant was, uh, I, would, I could I could run again, and I'd probably have gotten reelected gratefully. Um, but then that meant I was going to have to resign two years into that term. And I just didn't think that was fair. I, you know, I, I just didn't think that was fair. So, so in order to be available to do that in 2016, which uh, I did have the opportunity to do that year, I had to, you know, I had to not seek re-election. And so 
I, I retired from Metro Council, but I didn't retire from work because we still had a mortgage and bills and all that kind of stuff. And Laura and I are, are government or nonprofit workers, so we'll never make a lot of money. Um, and so I had the chance to spend a year at Waterstep, which is a phenomenal uh, local NGO, um, you know, who go uh, all around the world uh, helping folks create clean water systems with their chlorinator, uh, their M100. Um, shout out to them. Uh, they do a phenomenal job. Uh, I believe they also were helping in some of the recent flooding uh, in uh, eastern and maybe even western Kentucky. Um, and then when 2016 rolled around, I got the chance to, to work um, for the campaign uh, and actually get paid for it. Um, um, and so I spent the springtime in Iowa and then went to uh, Denver, Colorado, and then to Colorado, then to Arizona, and then I worked my, my home county here uh, in May. And then I moved and lived in Ohio for six months to work in the general election. So needless to say, um, 2017 was not a good year for me, um, you know, and, and I would suggest maybe not even for our country and the world um, uh, because of the outcome of the election. Uh, I don't think uh, it was stolen. I think that it was won fair and square and 2016, um, just like uh, all the other ones uh, since then have been as well. Um, so I decided I needed to get back into government to, you know, because I, I want my government to work and, and uh, be successful. Because I always say, um, K.A., that, you know, religious institutions, businesses, nonprofits, everybody will come and go but your government will always be here and so we need good people to run and to you know apply for and try to get into government work because you know it's it affects our daily lives and so uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to work uh, at the Office for Women uh, for the for three years, from 2018 to 2021 in August, where I actually had to had to resign uh, in order to run for office, which was the last thing I, I thought I was ever going to do again was run for office. And so now you're running for uh, county clerk uh, here in Jefferson County. So, what does the county clerk do exactly? It's a great question again. Uh, I, I tell people this all the time. I, I bet you 80% of the people I talk to all over the county, by the way, even in District 9 and all over the county, have no idea of, of all the services that the clerk does. And they especially don't know that the Board of Elections is under the clerk's office. And so, you know, everybody knows that uh, you get your vehicle tags uh, at the clerk's office. And everybody knows that that process has, has been improved over the last quarter century and uh, want to give credit for that. Um, and uh, the deed room uh, is under the clerk's office. And there have been some improvements to that as well, although I'm not sure there's a plan for ongoing improvement. Um, vehicle uh, license, like your boats, your trailers, you're issuing a handicap uh, parking uh, passes or parking stickers, um, your marriage licenses you have to get from there. Um, and then, of course, the Board of Elections. Um, and, you know, um, what I know is, is that um, I... Uh, 
<clears throat> I mean, I was, I mean, I'm, I'm concerned enough about the direction of our democracy that, uh, especially around the ballot box, uh, you know, I, I pride myself on being one of the most, if not the most bipartisan person, a uh, Democrat for sure, a person on the Metro Council while I served, because um, I think it's important, because the more the more yes votes you get on something, the more champions you have, especially uh, out in the county where it's, you know, a lot of where a lot of Republicans uh, serve. And so, you know, if I'm talking about something here and my former colleague, Hal Heiner, is talking about it out in, you know, eastern Jefferson County and we both are agreeing on this. Well, you know, it's hard to it's hard to be mad at Tina anymore. It's hard to believe that she's wrong all the time. And the same with Hal Heiner. You know, I'm telling my people, you know, he's with us on this. And so, and so really the Board of Elections, you know, I just, uh, our democracy's under attack and um, I don't hear or see our, our county clerk standing against that, standing up to that. I don't see them advocating uh, that we ought to vote every time, three weeks ahead of time. There should be no such thing as excuse. you have to have an excuse to vote early. I mean, what is that? What, I mean, my excuse is I need to vote early. <laughs> and, you know, and what does it matter? I mean, why do I have to be going somewhere and tell you where I'm going on vacation? You know, that kind of thing. It, what matters is, and what I think the county clerk ought to be advocating for, is that they do everything in their power to create every opportunity for everyone to be able to, to, to vote, you know, uh, anywhere, anytime. I, you know, I will also say I have appreciated um, uh, Secretary of State Mike Adams. Uh, I think I read something from him this morning where he's, you know, he's confident uh, that, you know, some of the uh, challenges to some of the uh, primary elections, uh, you know, er- everything's in good order. There, there are no, there's not, there's no fraud going on. And that's, and that, and I'm not saying that there is fraud going on. Hear me very clearly. Um, what I am saying though is, is that um, people ought not be asking me when I'm knocking on their door, well, do you know where I vote? Cause I don't know where I vote. Um, they don't know a phone number they don't know a website they don't know you know you know we used to get cards and i understand postage is expensive but you got to figure out you know social media you know we ought to just be plastering social media with every kind of voting information you can think and and we should be in the school systems you know educating our kids about the importance of voting and the responsibility to vote so i'm you know, I just decided I, I don't hear that. I don't see that. It hasn't been happening. It's probably not going to happen. And I want to change that. And I think that, you know, I have an opportunity uh, because I do have the experience to, to actually pull together the folks who can get that done. All right. So, folks, just want to remind you all that uh, Forward Radio does not endorse any particular candidate or piece of legislation, but we do endorse the need for an informed electorate. As such, we offer equal airtime to all registered candidates for any particular office, and you can get in touch with us at forwardradio.org. So, uh, uh, Tina, uh, uh, I do want to thank you so much for stopping by and, and sharing with us. It's It's been very uh, uh, been educational for me 
to listen to your story in more detail and inspiring. And early on, you mentioned some just great women uh, like Sue Speed and Susie Post and uh, some of whom have passed on now. Did, did, did Mary Margaret Mulvihill pass on too? She did. Yes, and she was yes. one of those. Right. And so just great, great women. Uh, very inspiring people. Uh, yeah. uh, so it's funny, uh, you know, when I, uh, those are people that I'd read about in the paper when I was a kid and yes. then uh, I had an opportunity to work with them a little bit as an adult. Uh, you, you'd think they were 10 feet tall and just how physically small, but they, right. but the, but in, in what they brought to the community, they actually yeah. were 10 feet tall. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. giants, uh, yeah. really, uh, along with the, uh, of course, uh, Ann Braden and Maddie Jones, uh, 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 Raul Cunningham, but other, yeah, other women. Uh, yes, yeah. yes, just impressive. Uh, uh, and uh, and so you read about them when you're a kid, and you, you meet them in real life, and, yeah. and they uh, uh, did so many wonderful things for the community yeah. while they were alive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yes, so folks, uh, we do want to thank uh, Tina uh, for being here with us. Thank you so much. Uh, and folks, this is On the Edge with K.A. Owens, and we will be back next week.